The following program is sponsored by Evangelical Life Ministries. Welcome to Engaging Truth, the manifestation of God's Word in the lives of people around us. Join us each week as we explore the impact of His message of spiritual renewal, from the lesson of forgiveness forged in the crucible of divorce, to the message of salvation learned by an executioner from a condemned killer, to the gift of freedom found in the rescue of victims of human trafficking. This is God's Truth in Action. And welcome to another edition of Engaging Truth. I'm your host, Pastor John Kane. With us today, we have a Christian executive, Gary Huddleston, as uh, a deacon at First Baptist in Dallas, chair for a board of a Dallas Christian radio station, and he spent his career working for the Kroger Corporation, which included experience as a store manager in labor relations, human resources management, public relations, charitable giving, governmental relations, and consumer affairs. Welcome to the program, Gary. Well, thank you, Pastor John. It's uh, great to be with you today and, and talk a a little bit about uh, food, which is very important. Food is is really important. I, I read a quote in 1906. There was an American journalist, Alfred Henry Lewis, who stated there's only nine meals between mankind's uh, and, and, and anarchy. Uh, so uh, civilization can be a little bit thin at times. Oh, absolutely. And we know that we have to have food to sustain us. And certainly God has provided a bountiful assortment of food, but sometimes it's, it's sometimes it can't. It's not able to get to the right people at the right time. Well, in the season of uh, Thanksgiving, let's let's look a little bit and talk a little bit about what we should be grateful for. Well, certainly grateful for uh, God providing food, and I, I would point to Genesis and Genesis one. Some people you know, kind of joke that really the oldest profession was farming. If you look at uh, Genesis 1, where God provided, started to provide food and trees and fruits. And then in Genesis 29 and 30, provided uh, green plants for everyone for food. So uh, just thankful that God is providing this food. And then thankful also for the farmers and the producers that harvest the food, and, and and then the end result is getting it to grocery stores and then into the consumers or into homes uh, each and every day. So there's a safety aspect as well as a, uh, you know, a farming and a d- distribution aspect. Let's talk a little bit about the, maybe the safety for, uh, I guess we could start with employees. That's true, and I'd say that's more concerning today than ever before with, uh, unfortunately, the sign of violence in some retail stores, and you see gangs of people coming in to steal and and cause a lot of havoc, and uh, very concerned about employees. And, of course, now we we train employees not to engage the thieves and just unfortunately let them go and try and get as much information as possible either license plates or or, uh, some sort of uh, photograph of the person or their vehicle in order to give to law enforcement law enforcement to deal with that later so the safety of of employees in the food stores has, has grown to a higher concern than it was say when i was a store manager many years ago for Kroger, and we we want to make sure employees are safe and they feel good about 
coming to work and, and, and being in a safe environment because they have their own families and their own um, trials and tribulations at times that they're having to deal with, uh, plus coming to work. So let's uh, segue into the safety of the food also. Well, that's the, probably the highest priority that a grocery store executive has. And if you ask a, a lot of grocery store executives, I ask them what keeps you up at night, it would be ensuring that the food that they sell is safe. And then when a customer purchases it, they have a confidence that it's going to be high quality, uh, plus it's, it's going to be uh, safe for them to consume. So uh, I'd say grocery stores take uh, a lot of precautions, uh, basically, certainly with refrigeration and also testing and supply chain management and cold chain management, all these, all these types of precautions to make sure that the food uh, that we're selling to the, to the consumer is totally safe. And I'd say we've also come a long way on dating on food, you know, expiration dates, sell by date, uh, use by date, best consumed by date. And in some cases it's confusing to the customer, but the, the good news is, is that the customer then can see how fresh that product is. And then also when they bring it home, they have an idea of how long they can uh, leave it in their refrigerator or on their shelf before, before they consume it. And then I'd say, uh, lastly, in, in that particular case, um, grocery stores do a great job of when the product is about to expire rather than throw it away to donate to food banks. And um, many of our grocery partners like Kroger um, are, are highly engaged with food banks in what they call food rescue to make sure that that product is not thrown away and it doesn't go into the landfill, but it actually goes to help uh, feed people. I think one thing that surprised me uh, using a, a shopper's card is that not only can you begin to track inventory in the store, but you kind of track it after it's purchased. And I've gotten alerts before when a, a product had some sort of a recall that uh, I may have purchased it, and sure enough, I had. Um, so some of the aspects of um, food safety and technology is, is almost like a partnership between the, uh, the store and the customer. Oh, so true, Pastor John. I mean, that technology has come a long way to, uh, to alert the customer on recalls. And, and most stores do have some sort of shopper's card or loyalty card where they can tell what the customer purchased and can alert them either by text or on the receipt when they come to the store the next time and to return that product. But I think if you, as you look back in the past you know, year or so, Fortunately, there's been fewer and fewer recalls, uh, which is which is really a good thing. And that's where I think that's a, uh, a testament to the manufacturers that are taking food safety to a higher level and, and in, even in packaging and keeping the, the packages so that, you know, some bad person cannot put something into food or in some cases, uh, um, over-the-counter medication that we saw years ago. So manufacturers have done an excellent job, in, in, I think, in safety packaging. 
So giving thanks for uh, supplies as well as the safety and uh, uh, being as patient as we can be with supply chain disruptions. Uh, looking at you know different different countries that I have been in grocery stores in, not not Kroger per se, but uh, in many many different countries, I've I've spent some time in in different grocery stores, and I come back to the U.S. very grateful. Uh, you know the available and uh, the quality uh, availability and um, the wide variety of of things, and it seems like here in the U.S. we've got a trend for for bigger and bigger stores. <laughs> Do you have an opinion on that? On uh, uh, what's what's driving the bigger stores? So many times when I'm overseas, I, I see much much smaller stores. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, first on the availability of product in the United States, I, I agree with you, Pastor, that uh, I've been to other countries too. And, and unfortunately, when I go and visit, I make my wife visit food stores as well. So I, I see the same thing. One, it's a smaller footprint. Two, it's um, not as much variety. And, and three, always have some concern about refrigeration in some of the uh, developing countries, especially. So we should be extremely thankful here in the United States that we do have these large food stores uh, that the customer can come into. And, and another trend is certainly home delivery, which has been since the, during the pandemic and since the pandemic has grown substantially in the, in the food business. So then that brings up the other question about uh, how much of that business is going to go to home delivery. So should grocery stores be actually, grocery companies actually be building stores or should they be focused on warehousing and distribution and home delivery? So that, that's kind of a, a question that's been knocked around a lot in the grocery retailing business. I personally think uh, many customers still like to go to the store for the experience, squeeze the uh, squeeze the cantaloupe, uh, look at the lettuce, uh, look at the apple, and, and make sure that it's got the right shine on it, and and those type of things with with that experience. Your your comment about larger and bigger is is definitely another. Um, I, I guess another conversation within the grocery companies is how big is too big where the customer doesn't feel like they have time to walk the whole store. It's it's too big for them. But uh, grocery companies, uh, in order to be profitable, which the profit margin in grocery is very, very small, it's all on volume, it has, it has to have a lot of variety. And that's where you see stores uh, getting bigger to put more variety of product, especially organic product, and secondly, even non-food type product that you see in, in a lot of stores expanding into clothing and and even to um, auto accessories, etc. Seems to me that uh, there there comes a point where people lose a um, a hometown feel or a a, a, f a friendly um, a friendly sort of relationship with their local merchants. And uh, living in small town te East Texas, I really enjoy the fact that uh, uh, we know each other by sight. So many of the uh, the fellow citizens here um, is that something that is uh, increasing or de decreasing? Do you think, in your opinion? 
Well, I think it's increasing in small towns. And I, I see that. Uh, I believe the, the food store is still a spot that people go to see their neighbors and their friends and chat. Um, in some cases, over a cup of coffee at the at the food store. So I still believe in, in small towns that that is uh, the central place that folks go. In large metropolitan areas like Dallas and, and Houston, of course, it's it's much um, more all business. And I think many customers uh, certainly want good customer service, but they are in a rush to get in and get out uh, as quickly as possible. So it's two different dynamics, but we think between the, the rural setting and the urban urban setting. What do you think would be the place of um, a Christian in uh, either position as a, a business employee or business owner uh, versus a, um, a customer? How do you think we uh, evidence the fact that, uh, that we're motivated by Christian values? Well, I, I believe the Christian values certainly motivates in leadership in uh, stores that uh, Christian values show a caring for both employees, first and foremost, and, and for employee and for uh, the customers. And then also the, the good the, the ethical standpoint, too, um, of, you know, it's so sad to see um, when you have to deal with an employee that is, uh, is taking something. In some cases, they're taking it to feed their family because they think that they, they can't afford to purchase it. And I think when you have a Christian leader in that store, they can deal with it with empathy, uh, and they can still deal with it fairly and make the right decision in, in that particular instance. You know, same thing with a, a customer that brings product back, you know, can be a, a real, when, when I was a store manager, I always said that's an opportunity. You know, the customer is coming back and they've given you some feedback. Product is not what they wanted. They made a mistake and they, they bought it. Let's just refund it. Let's exchange it and um, let's be helpful. And I think the same thing is true in, in dealing with customers that um, uh, Christian values show that you're going to be kind and you're going to be extremely fair, uh, fair-minded like Jesus was. There seem to be certain industries in the news that uh, have um, come to the uh, forefront for cheating their uh, customers out of millions upon millions of dollars. And you mentioned the uh, the very narrow margins of, of the um, uh, grocery business. Um, what do you think that says about the importance of um, a relationship between the um, your customer and and the store? Well, your reputation is, is everything in in any retail business or any business, and so the, the reputation of the store in the community, uh, and, the, and certainly today's environment with social media. Your reputation on social media is highly important. So you've got to have a, a high ethical and moral standards and, and project to the customer that, yes, we, we've got a, a fair price and we're going to treat the customer with uh, certainly respect and courtesy. And I think that's gotten 
tougher with inflation and customers coming in and say, wow, you know, a week ago I bought this for for uh, 79 cents a can and today it's a dollar and a quarter. What's up with this? Why why all this inflation? And that's a you know, that's a tough conversation to have with the with the customer. And then the, the businesses certainly have to watch their competitors as well to see what the competitor is selling a product for so that they're they're in in the ballpark retail wise. So in this time of inflation, not only is it tough on the customer, it's also tough on the uh, on the retailer. And and then the retailer, the, the store, everything else has also gone up. The the plastic bag costs have gone up. The uh, refrigeration has gone up. The electricity in the store has gone up. So all those costs have gone up, and unfortunately, have to pass that on to the customer. And, and that's what causes a lot of the inflation in the grocery business. The uh, the sense that people need each other, even countries need each other, is uh, something that's often brought to mind when I look to see where various food has come from. Uh, the, the fresh foods that come in the off-season for this country might be from South America, Central America. Uh, some of the grains and spices, you know, I see come from Eastern Europe or India or Pakistan. It, it, it's really surprising just how interconnected our markets are. Uh, what what do you think should be the, uh, the message that um, American consumers gather from this? Well, I think they should be thankful that, that we can have summer fruit in the dead of winter from Chile. You know, Chile, Chilean grapes and, and other products. Uh, certainly most of the bananas come from Central America. So that the, the customer can actually get product year round that and back back in the day, it would only be seasonal. And now they can get it from around the world. I think one thing that has really helped in our business is country of origin labeling and letting the customer know exactly where that product comes from so one they can make the decision where they want to purchase it and two they know that it's coming uh from another country um and that's that is supplying it to the to the united states and, and to our economy which i think is a good thing um and then you see m most of our uh, local retailers want to buy locally now too and really support local businesses and local farmers and local ranchers, um, honey, local honey, and those type of products. And you, and you see that marketed in the stores because we found that the customer does want to support the local product. Um, food stores have competed with farmers markets forever. And the farmers markets always had that local appeal. And now the, the food store you know, wants to have that, have that same reputation that they have local product. When we look at um, uh, opportunities for uh, Christian witness and, and showing care and concern to others, uh, food is one of those uh, most basic and most frequently needed uh, things that, um, uh, that we can do. Um, could you talk a little bit about what uh, your experience has been with uh, supporting local needs through perhaps local food banks? 
Well, that's true. I mean, the local food bank is, is, does an outstanding job of providing a product uh, to families that, that are in need. And I'd also say, Pastor, that you hit right on it. We believe that a family meal is important, at least one a day, sit around the table, give thanks to the Lord and enjoy a family meal and, and talk about your day. And in fact, the Food Marketing Institute uh, has an initiative uh, just with that and encouraging retailers to, to uh, advertise family meals and complete meals that they can make uh, very quickly, convenient, convenience wise. So we think having a meal together as a family once a day is uh, beneficial both for the soul and your faith and, and also for your body and and your and the family's well-being that a family that sits down and has a meal together and discusses their days the highs and the lows is a very strong family unit so we we think that's very important and then and then again with the community you see uh grocery stores supporting all kinds of charitable endeavors from um you know, from the walks for Coleman Foundation, uh, supporting that with product, the bananas, waters, etc., to uh, uh, maybe a a, a church uh, bazaar or a church uh, event uh, coming up on Halloween and donating product candy product for for events both in both secular and also in church environments. So the food stores do, a, uh, I think, a wonderful job of supporting the community uh, with product. Well, we like to talk about how uh, God works through people to um, uh, further his kingdom on earth in preparation for our uh, eternal future in, in heaven forevermore. So we're, we're happy that uh, uh, you spent some time with us today talking about uh, your experience as a, a Christian executive and uh, some of the things that uh, our listeners should be thankful for, whether we recognize it or not, thinking about the things that are necessary to uh, sustain us, sustain our life, and to further us as God's people. So uh, we'll come back to Gary in just a moment. I'd like to let our listeners know there is only one ELM Houston. Evangelical Life Ministries. I'd like to invite you to our program website, elmhouston.org. To read more about us, there you'll find shortcuts to our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. You may also donate to support our work from our uh, website. From our Facebook page, you can find podcasts of our past programming. I'd like you to know that all of our on-the-air hosts are volunteers, so your donations go far to help us purchase radio airtime. We strive to have a wide variety of interviews with people who are creatively sharing the good news of Jesus Christ at that intersection of where faith meets life. You may write us at ELM Houston, P.O. Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410. Now back to our guest, Gary. Once again, thank you for spending some time with us today and encouraging our listeners to consider the many ways that uh, we have to be thankful, uh, not just at the Thanksgiving meal, but uh, all year long. God's blessings. Join us again for another edition of Engaging Truth. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this broadcast of Engaging Truth. Be sure to join us each week at this time. 
To help support our ministry, contact Evangelical Life Ministries, Post Office Box 568, Cypress, Texas, 77410, or visit our website at elmhouston.org, or find us on Facebook at Evangelical Life Ministries. Thank you.